Thank you to everyone who submitted movies for Listener Request Month. Uh, stay tuned to our social media pages where we'll have an announcement about when this month we'll be announcing the movies that are going to be chosen for our July broadcast. Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers. And with me, as always, is a man named... Andrew Lano. You couldn't see it, you couldn't hear it because it's an audio podcast, but I was moving my lips a lot and then just saying your name at the end of it. So the sync was off. Uh, okay, I was like, wait, what is happening? It's a really good joke for a completely non-visual medium, I think. I was going to say, 10 out of 10. <laughs> I think the people are really going to enjoy listening to that joke where I moved my mouth a lot and then didn't make any noise and then said your name in English. I think people are going to really... Really appreciate that. It's going to land real well. What does land right, real well is Godzilla on the island of Japan. And we're talking about that because we watched Godzilla. That might be my best transition in the history of the show. That is pretty good. Well, I guess he doesn't land there really well. But I guess as a moviegoer, you like that he doesn't. Anyway, I mixed my metaphor there. We watched Godzilla 1985. So you know what that means. We gotta go back. We gotta go dissect the 80s. It's your kaiju. Something's gotta be done about your kaiju. And the mega powers explode! I'm talking about the 80s. Oh, yeah. Great Scott! Cream of the crop. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Mega powers, yeah! When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. I think we've talked about this before on the show when we did the King Kong episode, maybe. But are you a big monster guy? Um, I enjoy them. I, I think there's a, f- a time and a place, as long as you're not garbage monster Roland Emmerich. Um, yeah, I think there's a time and a place for a monster movie. Okay. I remember enjoying, um, I think our friends had a like godzilla toy that made the sound yeah i have very vague recollections of the marchwood friends right yes okay yeah they had a toy that played the like signature screech and i forgot as soon as i heard it in this movie which takes three seconds to hear i was like oh i love that sound it's a good sound i do too that's actually like the first note i have is i I love that they play it in the credits so you know what you're in for i also feel like i vaguely recall that exact same godzilla toy that our childhood friends had that they used as like a demonstration on one of those toys are dangerous shows and they used the the spikes on the back to like chop up an apple oh wow i did not know that i remember i remember i maybe it wasn't that exact one but i remember a clip of a godzilla toy and an apple and someone being like see how dangerous this is and it's like using it like an axe and chops up this apple which i feel like you don't have to be that sharp to destroy an apple you know what i mean it's a pretty heavy toy yeah but i guess also like child body also isn't that strong like it's also about it i'm guessing it's as bruisable as an apple yeah, exactly. That's true. But I just feel like any heavy toy is, is going to smash it. Like, if you got that, like, Fisher-Price fake lawnmower that does, like, the pop noises, you know? Like, it's like, like pop, 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 yeah, pop, pop. Yeah. If you swung that at somebody, like, you'd F them up, you know? It's just, yeah. it was, if I swung that down on an apple, it would probably explode the apple. Anyway, we're, like, wildly off topic. I'm sorry. Talking about a PSA about childhood toy safety from a local news in the 1990s. Bag of glass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, I was watching this last night, and I was like, I feel like I should like this, and I don't, and I can't figure out why. I was very – so I was tired, I will admit that, but it just didn't grab my – it couldn't hold my attention. Yeah, and it's 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 crazy because, like, I knew I was watching a big monster movie, and I was like, all right, I'm going to be in the mood for a big monster movie. Like, I'm going to have a cocktail. Like, this is a good movie for this. Like, I'll enjoy watching it. And, yeah, I just – it honestly feels like – the American dub of the Japanese actors is done ad lib. Like it feels like there was no script and they just were like, I don't know, watch what you see and react to it because the dialogue is awful. And then they have scenes with Americans that were presumably funded by the Japanese uh, creators of the original movie who are doing like wildly wide American stereotypes, which I kind of liked like the hokiness of it. 
Yeah. But, but I couldn't figure out why they left that in for the American version. You know what I mean? Like, they're the bad guys and they're cartoonishly the bad guys and that still got left in. Well, no, the Americans? Yeah, they're all like, oh, we got to shoot it with a nuke and we got to do this and that. But and they the, aren't the, the, the Americans saved the day. Yeah, kind of, if you don't know anything about nuclear technology. But the Russians sent the, shot that missile. Right, but the Americans used their other missile to kill Godzilla. And the movie likes Godzilla. Does the movie like Godzilla? Well, they're playing all that sad music at the end. Like, the movie sure seems to think we like Godzilla. Yeah, that's what's confusing. I don't like that... Because I like Godzilla. I like Godzilla when he's an anti-hero and sort of just like, I guess... <laughs> the I'm idea... The- of, I'm so sorry. The idea of... And I, you're not wrong, but the idea of using a label like anti-hero on a 70-story rubber monster is so delightful. I know, but... He's a real rebel without a car. I'm picturing Godzilla with, like, a black motorcycle jacket on and a helmet and being, like, and then roaring away like James Dean. I'm picturing him, like, with a fedora in a, in a black and white smoky office. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I like it best when it's like, look, there's two monsters. Godzilla is the less disastrous monster, so let's put, like, let's help Godzilla. Yeah, you know what? I, I do like that 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 variant of this too. More than just like Godzilla storming the city, we have to stop him. Yeah, because I find that very boring. And so this movie opens with another like so Godzilla's there, and then there's some other creature on a boat, and I was like, oh, we're getting another creature. Like Godzilla's gonna fight another creature, and then that other creature takes an Uber out of the movie. <laughs> well, I thought it was a baby Godzilla, but it doesn't seem to be what the movie's about at all. No, I didn't think it. See, I did not get Baby Godzilla. I got Baby Mothra. Well, I was just thinking, like, like maybe Marvel. Godzilla. Yeah, you're not wrong. I was thinking, like, maybe Godzilla starts as, like, a tadpole and then, like, becomes a Godzilla. That's an interesting life cycle. Or, like, it's, like, you know, a little sperm looking thing and then suddenly you know it's got. what gotten... a tadpole looks like? <laughs> well, I'm just, in case the audience doesn't know what a tadpole, I'm trying to be. I assume. Not everybody had this. Look, not everyone went to school with the same exact science curriculum that we had that, like, measured the life cycle of tadpoles. So I'm just trying to be helpful for people, okay? Um, But, yeah, like, it's a tadpole, spermy-looking thing, and then it's, like, a little bit scaly, and then it's got arms and a head, and then suddenly it's a Godzilla. Oh, oh, you got to go. (laughs) That's uh, my vague recollection of the lyrics to that Godzilla novelty-ish song from the 80s. I was unaware. Oh, I should have gotten I should have gotten two buttons. I should have gotten the Godzilla roar that I could just like spam like a morning zoo radio show. And then the chorus to the the Godzilla rock song that's like Say he's got to go. Oh no Godzilla. And I could have just been like, Oh no Godzilla on endless loop of this podcast. Yeah. Well if you do that, I'm getting the uh the rap horn sound effect <laughs> i have that button on my phone ready to go <laughs> well, these are at least movie related mine that's fair um it feels very power rangers as it starts yes yes which ironically is <laughs> an american overlay on a japanese television show that is only eight percent filmed in america right so they they the the methodology for this is actually kind of interesting i think the original godzilla movie comes out it's a big hit over in Japan. They bring it to the United States by just slapping American dialogue over the Japanese parts. That's where you get some of the oh-so-hilarious jokes of the 80s and 90s of people speaking English and then moving their mouth a whole bunch uh, to convey that they're doing Japanese. Yeah, it's real, real top-notch, highbrow comedy. Yeah. Yes, extremely very funny. Um so they do that, and then this sequel, uh, they make a bunch more Godzilla movies, and then I don't think they do well here, or they even maybe they even don't even come out here. But then this is approximately 30 years later in the timeline of when that original Godzilla came out. They do the same deal. Godzilla comes out in Japan. Then they decided, like, oh, we'll just slap some American voices over top of it. Boom, we got a whole movie, and it cost us almost nothing, which I'm surprised isn't more of a thing. Given how... Don't say that too loud. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we're going to get one of these and they're going to do... This is how they're going to do it. They're going to be like, we bought this movie from overseas and we've done 
this unbelievable technology where we synced their mouths to the American dialogue. Because they're already doing this. You can, like, move actors' faces around digitally. Oh. Uh, I There's a really weird one in the movie. I remember sending it to you when I was watching it, uh, Ready Player One, where the the – if you you've seen that? the film. Oh, I, on HBO. I remember I was, like, live texting you for it, and you were like – you. You clearly are hating this experience. Like, turn the movie off. And I was like, no, because I used to feel these. I used to have similar opinions to the guy who wrote this book, and I feel like I need to punish myself for it. So, like, I have to watch it and hate both the movie and now retroactively the book and the way that I felt about things when I was 20. So I just, like, needed to just, like, really punch myself from 12 years okay. ago. I, I'm remembering this now. So it was like it, it was genuinely cathartic to be like, my God, that is a, the opinion of an asshole, and and it was like you kind of had a similar opinion. Look at you, you boob. Like it was it was good. It was it was a healthy thing that I did, like addressing you know gatekeeping is dumb and bullshitty, but I definitely did it before, and I I you know regret doing that, but you know it's a thing that people do, uh, especially it's a huge thing in nerd culture, and I just find it really disgusting. Um, Anyway, there's like this really dumb confrontation scene in that movie where the character and boy, howdy is this dialogue. It is though I think the worst Spielberg movie by like Country Mile. Um, and he's he's made a few uh, mistakes. Yeah. So this kid is like the chosen one, and he's having a conversation, and he's like, "You killed my mom's sister," and it's like, "Well, who? What? No one would say my mom's sister. You'd say your aunt." But then, as I was like marveling over the line like quizzically they digitally move his face they make his eyebrows go up and i like was like wait a minute and i backed it up and recorded it and it's absolutely you can see it looks like when you took the circle tool in photoshop and just grabbed his face and went like bloop and moved it up to make his eyebrows go up and he says my mom's sister it's definitely very fake looking oh i think you sent me that clip i, I think did I, you, you sent me that video you took yeah, I posted it on Twitter two a billion years ago when I watched this movie. But anyway, that's what they're gonna do. They're gonna buy something like big, loud, you know, that, that translates easily, like Godzilla, where you know the action sequences you don't have to touch, and then you just have to put wild dialogue over top. But then they're gonna digitally maneuver all these actors' mouths to be speaking English, and that's gonna be how they do it. I don't know. I feel like subtitle movies are okay now. Mm, not to the general public. Pan's Labyrinth happened. Yeah, but like the movie needs to make a billion dollars or it's garbage. So nobody's reading a movie and it's making a billion dollars. That's fair. Yes. Although didn't I thought Pan's Labyrinth is like acclaimed. Like it won. It, 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 it can win awards. It can't make a billion dollars. Uh, let me let me gotcha. let you let me let you guess which one of those they'd rather have. I know. I know. Anyway, let's talk about this movie. Plot wise, as anyway. Oh, that's the other thing. So they 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 cut there the a plot. But, well, that's what I was Godzilla getting. Godzilla shows up. We have to deal with it. We dealt with it. I got lost up my own butt there. But what they do is they take this movie, which I've not seen the original dubbed version. I only watched the Americanized version, but supposedly has a pretty strong anti-nuclear message, which like, duh, Japan, of course, would have those opinions and feelings. And it's kind of cool to see that in their art. Um, the other part of it is... But also, like, Godzilla himself, like, Godzilla is a product of nuclear technology. So, like, right. of course, a movie about nuclear technology begets a giant atomic breathing lizard right. is going to have an anti-nuclear message. Exactly. So, they, they have this messaging in the original movie, which, of course, they're like, well, we don't need that in the American version. But so, what it ends up being is, like, um, this is a very specific reference, but the best way I can and describe it is... It's like if you only watch the cutscenes of the video games and not the levels that take place in between. So the plot advances by like speeches and instructions. That's a thing for some Kingdom Hearts games now. Yeah, and I get I get why you have to like I get why that would have a function in a Kingdom Hearts game when you're like, "Hey, we need to recap the plot of this Game Boy game rather than make you play it." Nobody fucking played cuz right. you're not getting you are not getting a thousand hours a month out of me to play your video games. Right. So they're like, all right, we'll just fast forward through this. But that's what it feels like to me. And the, and the other thing it really reminded me of, and, I, and this can be a fun movie experience, is like re-editing a movie. I used to go to these things at the Alamo Draft House that were called the Horror Remix, and the guy would take 
three full length movies and cut them each down into to fit into like a two hour presentation. And then he would add like a fun little intermission. But so the the movie goes to about 40 minutes long and it's just the highlights. But they're the, the problem with bad movies is often long, boring stretches of dialogue in between things that are fun to watch. And so this guy just yeah. deletes all that. And it's just like, you know, enough enough dialogue to be like, we have to go to the we have to go here and save the person. Smash cut to the battle scene where they try to save that person. It's like when you delete all the uh, dead air when you first get uh, get the audio files in the podcast. Exactly. This podcast gets shortened considerably just by taking out the the oh, hold on. Let me look that up and all those things. It's it's it, like it shrinks pretty considerably. But so we start with this boat and Godzilla, a fishing boat that Godzilla attacks 16 minutes in. Yes, this is a new low for us. Uh, although it is, it's because the plot is very basic. Like, there's, yeah, there's not a lot of treading. You like, can do it in I, one sentence. I just did. Yeah, it's it, and you didn't really miss anything. It's it's extremely by the numbers. So what you hope for is that like the action sequences make up for it, and they kind of do. But there's so much other crap that's so boring that it's just like, can you just I, like for once? I can't believe I'm saying this. Stop talking and punch stuff. And that is like so opposite my you normal never, ethos. never, ever, ever say that. No. And I'm just like, just shut up and punch something. Like, God, I'm so bored. So it's, yeah, it's these guys on a fishing vessel, I think. Yeah, yeah. And they see Godzilla rise from the ocean and then uh, smash cut to the fishing vessels. Uh, dis- uh, you know, been out of contact. No one knows where it is. So we send like another team to go looking for it, and there is that what that was? I think so. Was it supposed to be the idea that he was sent to find it? It seemed like he was just yachting and happened. To <laughs> he just stumbled. It. Yeah, I guess not. It's again because it's cut to ribbons. Like you have no idea anyone's motivation for anything. There's literally one scene just ahead of this with the prime minister where it's like. Mr. Prime Minister, it's Godzilla. What do you want to do? And he's like, we should probably keep it a secret for now. And they're like, okay, we'll keep it a secret. And that's the whole scene. It's like four lines of dialogue. And it's like, clearly this was a 10-minute scene or at least a five-minute scene where they like discussed this and had some nuance and whatever. And clearly it just this was the scene in Jaws where they talk about closing the beaches. Exactly. Exactly. And instead it was four lines of dialogue and then on to the next thing. And it's just, I think this guy was probably sent to look for it, but you're right. He could have just been like a rich doofus who's like, yacht, 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 yacht. And so he gets onto the boat and there's all these like dried out husks of dead bodies. I think Godzilla flashed so like his fire breath flashed so bright that they just like evaporated all the water out of them they're like husks i think it was that that bug creature but godzilla attacked the boat i don't know (laughs) because it was like there was that one where it's hard to tell this is available for free on the internet archive by the way um and a nice hd version although it takes four years to load in, in my experience it looked like to me godzilla like had the boat on his head for a second I have no idea. It was, again, it was one of the unclear moments of this movie. Okay. Because there's this weird screechy larva thing that I, I get, once again. I thought it was a baby off. Godzilla. I went, I went bug. And it attacks this guy and he stabs it. Um, and they're all kind of like, we cut back to the uh, prime minister, I think. Right. And they're like. Uh, you know, Godzilla has returned, da, da 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 And I was like, what do they think happened to him at the end? Like, what happened at the end of the last one? What do they think happened? Did he just, like, wave, like, so the 2014 this is, Godzilla where he just waves and goes back in the ocean? Well, this is a sequel to the original one from the 50s. And I think at the end of that, I'm checking right now, but I'm pretty sure at the end of that, they yeah, they destroy Godzilla. Okay. So they kill him. And he somehow comes back. Yes. And then uh, someone says, men are the only real monsters. And I wrote, I think I smell a theme. But it wasn't. Nope. Well, I bet it was in the original version. And I find the dubbing of this movie fascinating because it's a bunch of actors trying to match the emotional uh, like, and mental uh, intensity and intent without having to worry about matching up your lips because i've done adr work before and it's a pain in the ass to like sure stare at your own mouth and be like that's why i that's why i said that and they're like no you gotta get rid of this but like you don't have to worry about that you just have to match the emotion right and just say whatever you want 
Except I don't think they even bothered. I genuinely think that the process for this was like they put the movie on and they were like, just just be those characters. Like they do it as comedy now. Like often it's it's been a thing that people have done pretty good, you know, movies. There's that. Um, God, I can't remember the name of it. I want to say the foot fist way, but that's not it. There's a, a guy who did like took a bunch of Kung Fu movies and put funny dialogue over them and made a new thing and it works. But this is just like clearly seems to me like actors half-assing it in the booth. Like they haven't even seen a script. They're just like, I feel like but I feel like the, but I do feel like they're matching the emotion of the scene. Like it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't sound wrong. Yeah, it's not flat. It. Yeah, there is a performance there. So I, I the internet says that that thing that attacks them is a giant sea louse. And then Godzilla attacks simultaneously. So I guess the the point is supposed to be the nuclear stuff has created more monsters. It's not just Godzilla. Glad that was so clearly explained in the movie. Oh, I mean, it's entirely possible that it was explained in like a, a long dissection sequence and they just were like, ah, we don't need this. Cut, cut, cut. Well, there's also this really weird. So I'm assuming the Soviet stuff was in the Japanese version of the movie. I think so. Okay. So... <laughs> There's scenes where the Soviets are speaking Russian, and all of the subtitles have parenthetical alternate subtitles right below them. What? Did you not have that? I didn't turn the subtitles on. No, no, for the Russian. When they're speaking I... Russian, there's subtitles in English. Did you not have that? You, but you're saying there were two sets of subtitles underneath it? Yes. I don't, I don't recall that. So, uh, I, so I didn't watch on Internet Arc. I couldn't find Internet Arc. I, I didn't know what that was, so I just Googled and I pulled up Daily, <laughs> daily Motion. Okay, okay. Because I sent you a link. It was like a really nice, clear I tried to find the link and rip. I couldn't find it. Okay. It would say like, it, it, it literally had like a subtitle that was like, Mr. Prime Minister, you have to agree to this. And then underneath in parentheses would be like, agreeing to this is important, Mr. Prime Minister. It was so weird, and I guess it was. Uh, I guess only the Daily Motion version had that. Yeah, I think you, what you saw was was like, did you did you have the subtitles turned on or something? No, I didn't. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like a really bad rip issue is what you encountered there. I don't. But it was that. like no, it was it wasn't like it, it, it. They looked the same font. Like it looked like it was the same. They looked like it was supposed to be there. All right, I have to look now on the Internet Archive and think if I was just too out of it to notice this. All right, it's not working. I give up. So where are we at plot wise here? So we got the we got all the like weird tiny monsters on the boat. The we find Soviet all these dead bodies. Sub was just destroyed. That's where I am in my notes. So that's after all of the plot parts of like the reporter and the story, which is like ultimately useless. But it's this whole story where like this reporter has a story about Godzilla, and they're like, "No, you can't run that. The government's keeping it a secret." Blah blah blah. And now they're like, "Oh, by the way, here's a tip. Go chase it." So. That's the that's the character with the and also human character. The doing. sister of the only survivor of the who oh by the way attack. doesn't know that her brother's alive. Sorry, we're not telling her that. It doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't know why they like if you're gonna if you're gonna take a cleaver to this and make it nonsense, just cut out all that. Yeah, the claim is that they didn't do that, but it seems heavily re-edited to me. There's no effing way. Yeah, I agree. Because it's shorter. This, the American release is significantly shorter. Yeah, I thought so. Speaking of the Americans, they're in this movie now, and it's like, we got to blow Godzilla to kingdom come, nuclear everywhere, nuclear everything. And Japan's kind of like, hey, so no, um, that's truly evil. As you, you know, we're pretty aware of what happens when you launch As nuclear I weapons. I think you're well aware, America. Yeah. Uh, we 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 kind of direct are the two parties with the most knowledge about this, and uh, we say absolutely not. And so, of course, America's like only one solution: the biggest, baddest gun we can find. And there's also right before this, there's this really great mini montage of head newspaper headlines. It's so silly. I love how stupid it is. It's like you see the. Paper coming off the presses, but normally with the way that works is like as it comes off, they like do like a still frame grab and push the paper towards you, so you see the headline. In this, it was just superimposed text in like glowing neon blue. That's like Godzilla is back. America ponders response. Russia somehow involved too. Godzilla's here. My my feeling Top 10 is tips for pleasing your Godzilla. 
Uh, my feeling is that they probably had a bunch of scenes where this happened, and th- th- to shorten it up, to like take plot time up, they were like, let's just get some B-roll of some newspapers and put some text on screen, and bing, bang, boom, we got a movie. I mean, I, I like the idea. I think it looks fun. It just, the whole movie doesn't, like, sometimes it's jokey, sometimes it's not, and I feel like that that is ultimately its downfall. Like, this would fit if the whole thing was kind of jokey. Yeah, yeah. So Japan tells the the press like, "Hey, Godzilla's back. Uh, everybody's panicking, but we're we're gonna figure this out." And then the uh, United States and Russia both go into a full blown panic about about Godzilla. And then we see for like the third time, and we're only like twenty minutes into this movie, uh, not twenty minutes in this podcast, obviously. For like the third time. We see someone get out of a car, and it's filmed foot first. It's just like, was this like, f- like Tarantino's secret first project in Japan or something? It's so foot heavy. It's like ridiculously over the top. It's you see like shoes come up. Like the first time they do it, they show the Americans to show the guy who's wearing like golf shoes and is is like you know just got off the golf course. And then this time it's like somebody's boots, and I'm just like, what in the hell is with the shoes here? It's weird. And there's also, um, I feel like it's a, a common, I don't know if it's, it's a common stereotype of like Japanese cinema that there's like kind of a, a crash zoom on someone's face. Yes. And it is rampant throughout this movie. And I don't know if it was originally there or like added in post. Yeah. I don't know if that's actually a, a Japanese filmmaking technique or something that happens when they get imported, but they even do it to Godzilla multiple times. And it's like. This puppet does not have enough articulation for me to be reading emotion in its face. Yeah. <laughs> Boing. Like, you might as well do a crash zoom onto a plastic G.I. Joe. It's not telling me anything different from close up, far away, whatever. Yeah. Also, the only thing I don't like about Godzilla's design are his eyes. Yeah, they're not very lifelike. I think my problem with them is that there's too much white. Oh, I could see that. Like, it, it looks like you took, like human doll eyes and just stuck them in a lizard puppet and it doesn't like they don't look like lizard eyes they look like weird eyes yeah no i i buy that so they the u.s and russia want to nuke it japan says of course not and then they they decide to start tracking godzilla and then they say he must be hungry again and i was like what did he eat right those people on the boat i guess he just like sucked their life force out because if it's like a winifred sanderson situation i'm into Godzilla Winifred Sanderson mashup. <laughs> I mean, it's also a life force situation, which is why I said life force. You know, I know, but that's what the she movie does. that we did an episode on. Oh, life force! Right, right, right. Vampires, space vampires, naked space vampires. Yeah. Although, can you? I just picture Godzilla in that Winifred Sanderson hair. I'm in doing, for Godzilla in pretty much any costume. Doing, I put a spell on you. Frankly, if you want to remake that awful Motley Crue movie on Netflix, The Dirt, with all Godzillas in the puppets or the wigs, it would be about as good. So there's a handful of scenes in this movie that I think are really good. Um, And one of them is this one where it's a guy coming out of a facility of some kind. And as he's walking, the ground like splits beneath his feet. And he like falls backwards and he like the camera turns to the other side of him and there's Godzilla's foot just there. Yeah, it's pretty badass. There is a few of those reactions to Godzilla in the movie that I really do dig. And I I just I think Godzilla has a really great iconic design and look. And the scream, too, is like instantly recognizable. You know, if I hear that, I know it intrinsically that it's Godzilla. Yeah, 100 percent. And that's what I think the 2014 Godzilla got, like, the design of the 2014 Godzilla makes sense. Like, it still looks like Godzilla. Yeah, I remember not really enjoying that movie very much, but I'm excited to see the next King Kong thing, if that's any I good. I didn't hate it, but it, it was, I mean, it was, you know, a 2014 Godzilla movie. It right. As good as it's going to get. Right. Um, But I, I enjoyed it, for sure. More than the Roland Emmerich nonsense. Well, I mean, yeah, it's better than Roland Emmerich taking to his opinions on critics and making them the whole focus of a monster movie. Is that is that a thing? The the bad guy mayor in the Matthew Broderick Godzilla is Mayor Ebert, and his assistant's name is Siskel. Didn't know that. 
and he's like the the mayor Quint or us uh, mayor Quint Jesus mayor Vaughn who is like we're not shutting down we're not taking any precautions and then he causes millions of people to die. God, I can't stand real. I and he's I, also he's also just to rub it in because Ebert was a large man. He's always eating. Pardon me as I get on a soapbox for a moment because I'm an idiot with a microphone. Roland Emmerich also referred to Stonewall as a white event, even though it is historically noted as being... Why was he commenting about Stonewall? He made a movie about Stonewall because he's gay. Oh, I didn't know he made that movie. He made it. No, it happened a while ago. No, I know. I'm saying I didn't know he made that. I know the movie. I didn't know he made it. Because the gays didn't want you to know about that movie. <laughs> we saw it and we were like, we saw the trailer and we were like, who's this white twink? Because Marsha P. Johnson is widely credited as throwing the first brick. She was a trans a black woman. And people were like, hey, buddy, you know, this is like a real thing. Like, this isn't Godzilla. This isn't Independence Day. Like, this is a real thing. And he was like, I think we all know that Stonewall was a white event. And the gay community was like, canceled. <laughs> well, I mean, that seems par for the course, sadly, for most of history for people who aren't white. So I'm not stunned to hear that it has trickled down to all manner of places. I'm not either, but I'm glad that we canceled that movie. <laughs> That's my soapbox. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. So back to this movie, Godzilla attacks a nuclear power plant and then rips the tower off and just starts ripping cotton. He's vaping up a storm. <laughs> he, he's Jewel. He's, <laughs> he's he's just jewel 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 and he's just just and he takes it like he literally picks this thing up and takes it like a big bong rip yeah <laughs> yeah it's like a real <sighs> no i didn't do it i so I, I watched godzilla do this and i had this thought that i i can't place the movie maybe okay. you can help me is it one where godzilla vapes because it's this one <laughs> no it's like is it the I, one where Godzilla does a bong rip off a nuclear tower? Because, oh, that's also this one. I, I would, like, honestly, this movie dipped into the full silliness of, like, it's definitely a bong shape. And yeah, if, if Godzilla was taking a real bong rip here, this movie would have been hilarious. Like, this yeah. would be very funny. And it's, it's a shame because, like, it seems like the original Japanese version of this movie has, like, heart and a message and is has things to say about nuclear proliferation, which are probably things that I would, you know, agree with. But this version of it is just like, raw punch, punch, punch. Also, ripping that cotton, baby. Let me do a vape trick. Um, yeah, Godzilla starts blowing smoke rings and then, like, popping them with the subsequent puff. <laughs> um, but no, so I think I... I, I th- I think it is a giant monster movie of some kind, or, like, someone gets big movie, and they, like, go up to a, like, a factory, and they, like, fill up with smoke from the smokestack, or, like, Yeah, pull this up definitely smoke. happens. It might be Sky High. Is there a giant person in Sky High? I think someone's power is getting giant, but they wouldn't smoke. It's a Disney movie. I didn't think it was smoking. I thought it was more, like, sucking it all up and then blowing it back out as, like, a weapon. No, I'm... Maybe it was that, but I'm picturing it, like, puffing it as though it's a cigarette, like, break off the thing. There's not a chance that you're conflating it with Honey, We Blew Up the Kid, where the kid walks down the strip in Vegas, and there's the cowboy smoking, and he stands next to it? Maybe, but I I, I don't think it's that. I'm picturing something where someone does a smoke. I mean, if you don't remember, that's fine. I just saw it. Yeah. I do vaguely remember it, but I can't put my finger on it. So if anybody okay. out there is listening and knows what movie we're talking about, please uh, Twitter or uh, Facebook or, or what have you. Or call in. Yeah, you could do that too. So he he powers up off the nuclear thing because we learn in this movie that like nuclear energy gives gives Godzilla his power. And that's sort of what made him it come back. It gives him life, honey. Right. Um, his like little spines glow as he, as yeah. he like, sucks up. It's like powering up he like sucks on like a juice box if he put like a little straw in the nuclear reactor (laughs) and just like capri sunned it Uh uh uh-huh yeah no i would be i would also be um and then there's like a series of amazing practical explosions in this place but also if godzilla eats radiation we should want him around because he yeah, can solve a like, really big problem yeah, for the feels, world at large. It feels like there's a way to harness this for the greater good. And it's just you feed Godzilla nuclear waste or all of our nuclear weapons. He will just go around. Yeah. And it's like, like, 
that's what happens in Superman 4. Superman gathers them all up in the quest for peace, and then instead of throwing them into the sun, he just throws them into Godzilla's gaping mouth. No, he puts them in a big cookie jar, and when Godzilla's a good kaiju, he gets a treat. <laughs> Do you want a cookie num-num, Godzilla? And Superman is, like, flying around with a nuclear p- missile over his head and throwing it in the Godzilla air to do tricks. Godzilla num-num cookie? <laughs> they do that thing you do with a dog where they, like, put it on the nose, and then the dog flips it up and catches it in its mouth. <laughs> They're like, all right, Godzilla, stay, stay. And they balance this nuclear weapon on his nose, and then he, like, flips it up and chomps it. Again, very much here for that movie. Yeah, I mean, this movie doesn't take itself too seriously, but I just can't take Godzilla any seriously, and that's the problem I think I have. And I think I could take Godzilla seriously if it was in a real a real movie where it was like, oh, it has a message and a heart, like the original Japanese version that seems to have like story and heart and a, and something to say. But this is not that movie. No, it isn't. And then all of a sudden, there's an old white man who apparently is our hero. Yeah, he, and this character, like, strolls in, like, the last gunfighter at the OK Corral and is like, you haven't seen what I've seen. Godzilla killed my parents, and, I, you know, I'm a newspaper editor who's seen it all before. And I just am like, there's, like, gotta be other people with memories of this. It was 30 years ago. That's not that long in terms of, like, <laughs> yeah, world global memory. not that far. Right, like there are multiple people who remember it's it's very much like a Ghostbusters two situation where you're like, no, there was a giant marshmallow man. Like all of you saw this. This isn't this isn't like swamp gas, and you all had a delusion. Like what? Everyone should just be like, oh shit, this thing is back. It's it's a threat, and we're terrified. We don't need to have like some gravelly voiced man come in and tell everyone they're not taking something seriously. Like you should just be taking it seriously. It's a you giant monster trying to be Quint from jaws yeah i hate that just 50 years too late to be quint and he's also doesn't have the like sort of rugged you know sea salt of the earth man character that quint does so they decide that they can figure out somehow to track him by using birds apparently he's i I don't know if it's tracking him or like guide him somewhere because he seems to be because they're like we did a brain scan and i was like how'd you do a brain scan on godzilla (laughs) Yeah, and and like he's got a mutated bird brain, and I was like, again, like, how did you do a brain scan on Godzilla? Right, they did it from like an aerial something or other. They show like it's like a it looks like a heat scan of his body, and they're like, oh, see the brain, it has this quality, and they're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's he's a giant bird, it's fine. Um, and so they're like, okay, cool, we will uh, lure him to a volcano and blow it up. Yeah, it's a pretty dark ending for for this character that they claim to like. And yeah, that, I feel like there could be a symbiotic, like, we could be like, hey, you don't destroy our villages and our cities, and we feed you all the radiation you could want. Right, right. Although it's not clear whether he eats, like, food in, in addition to that. Just that that's his, like, Popeye spinach. Oh, you, you think that's his power-up? Yeah, I do. I think it's like, you know, he, he rips that jewel, and then he's just, like, ready to go. Gotcha. Okay. Meanwhile, they're like, okay, this is a good plan. Lure him into a volcano. He's approaching Tokyo now and they're like, oh my gosh, this is a, you know, he's, he's going to destroy Tokyo again. We, you know, we just finished rebuilding basically. Um, and then they have this like long speech about how these monsters are actually man's fault, which like probably lands when you're watching a movie that has that point of view. But in this variant, it's just like suddenly the topic of conversation. Yeah. It, it get, this movie doesn't know what it wants to be because in about 10 minutes, we're going to get a stupid quote unquote comedy scene inside a, an abandoned restaurant. Right, right. That scene is mind-boggling to me that it's in the finished version of this movie. And then it shows up again later? Yeah, yeah. He He's like the third banana in this movie. It's weird. Um, So they're like, there's no weapon that we have that does anything. Don't attack it. And instead, America and Russia are like, nah, we have bombs. And they just start flying planes at it to attack it. Because America hasn't met a problem. It, nope, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I do, I will say that, like, I really like the explosions and the, the miniature work and oh, the stunts. It's amazing. It's it's cute. You're like, oh, look at it. They're little miniatures. Yeah. And it, it has, like, a real charm to it that, like, takes away from the violence, I think, a little bit. But I also really much prefer watching it this way. There's especially a fun one where there's these, like, people on a subway or an elevated train and he's, like, 
picking it up and dropping it and stomping around all near it. And I, I just really like the way that it's put together. It's very much like a confrontation. I'm going to say that not like a mom. Confrontation. <laughs> yes. No, I, I if, agree. If wholeheartedly. anyone is familiar with the uh, late early, 90s, early, early 90s to early. late 2000s. <laughs> yeah, nope. Nope. That ride closed in like 1997. Wait, no, it did not. Yeah, it got replaced by that mummy ride. Not in 97. It was in the 2000s when it happened. There's no way that ride lasted till, till the 2000s. I would I would bet money on it. Check. Look, I am, but I, I, I think you're incorrect. Wow. Closed in 2002. I would have lost money there. I'm glad I didn't yeah. bet you. I was like, no, no, because 100% it's the video where we went with Steffi and Sammy, and that's like 99. And we no, talked about 90, Banana Breath. That's 96, I think. I'm four? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Enough about our literal family vacation videos on a podcast. Um, I like uh, Godzilla's atomic breath. I like that it's sort of nondescript. It also looked kind of remind me of Luke's lightsaber, which I thought was cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. It has the and same like, sort of glow blue. And like any Power Rangers enemy. Yes. Yes. The entire catalog, except Rita Repulsa. Make my monster grow. Krispy um, Kreme. <laughs> Uh, so I have a big gap in my notes here where I was like doing something from boredom. <laughs> the next I thing was, I-, I was doing a lot of from boredom, looking up people's actor bios, looking up Godzilla's bio. So let's see. So yeah, there's a reporter helicopter who's like, I'm going to get, I'm bringing you all the news of Godzilla. And Godzilla <laughs> looks at the helicopter and is like, and, and just, like roasts him. Yeah, literally. And then. Because figuratively um, there's a roasting that's about to happen in a second. So yeah. I just want to clarify, this is Boy. a literal roasting, yeah. Um, and then I was, like, kind of confused why all the countries weren't together to deal with Godzilla. Right. You'd think, like, of all the times that everyone could put aside their petty differences, it's when there's a literal 30-story monster that we all know exists because we saw it 30 years ago. It's like, hey, can we call a timeout on this squabbles and, and deal with this world-changing like, event? there should at least be an ambassador from America and Russia. Yes. Absolutely. In the Japanese room. Yes. Or just like offering support, you know? Yeah, because like we, we, we all are going to be like, oh, we all have stuff to give. Like, let's just all be in the same room as we deal with it. Right, right. So we go from that to there's this guy who's like looking through a refrigerator and he's like, oh, I'll take this. I'll take that. I'll take this. I'll take that. He's got this big pile of stuff. He goes and sits at a table. He's like drinking wine, laughing, and he's eating all these fancy foods. And then he sees – he's the only person in this, like, five-star restaurant. And then, of course, he sees Godzilla out the window. And he starts roasting Godzilla in the metaphorical way where he just starts, like, making fun of Godzilla. And I just was so confused. It was like the actors doing the dialogue is, like, chewing food and being like, you ugly lizard monster. What are you? What are you? You're was, new in town. It was so bizarre. And then he shows up later and does it again. And I was just like, why? Why is he here? What yeah. purpose is he serving? It makes absolutely no sense. So watch this in the original Japanese have been like a profound monologue. Oh, yeah. It could have been. It could have been this guy being like the hubris like, of man. What have man's we created? Hubris. Yeah. <laughs> That's created. really funny. Wait, did you hear me? What? You said literally the same words I said at the same time in different order. <laughs> <laughs> the hubris of man. Yes, I said the hubris of man, and you said man's hubris. <laughs> and then even the se- the second line was very similar. That's really silly. Um, We're brothers. Yes. Um, so then we cut to the uh, reporter and the guy's sister, and I think the guy. I'm unclear. Yeah, he that guy is is the, the issue I have is that. They show that guy for like two seconds and he's in a hospital gown and he looks all dead. And then the next time we see him, he's like healthy and running around. And I'm like, well, is that him? It's like, I have a hard time putting the like sweaty, bedraggled version next to this cleaned up version. The clean, the clean yeah. Up guy. Yeah. It changes the way you look. On. Yeah. And it's like he had a bandage on his head and everything. And so they're like, Godzilla's here. We better get, try and use the elevator. And I was like, you don't use an elevator in a fire. (laughs) Right. You sure as hell aren't using the elevator in a Godzilla. On the list of emergencies that stop the elevator, it starts with just anything. And then Godzilla is at the top end of that. I feel like you're really poorly evaluating this chart. Yeah. 
And then there's a, 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 a magic special plane that they've created that shoots red laser beams. Yeah, it's like a Godzilla weapon they've been developing for 30 years, basically. And I don't know why they aren't using this bird sound device yet. Like, Yeah, I can't figure it out. out. Yeah, it seems like that's the plan, should be the plan from Jump Street. If you have your lasers that you know work, then why wouldn't you just try this bird thing? Right. And the second it's like, oh, doesn't work, just use the lasers. Right, exactly. And then they they zap him with the lasers, and you get this weird close-up on Godzilla's chest, and this really sad, like, Incredible Hulk theme song music. Yes, as, this music is such a bummer. Mm, what you say? <laughs> like... Right, right. You're totally right. It's weird because I'm like, I I feel that way about Godzilla collapsing, but this right. movie doesn't seem to. No, it does not at all. So they think he's dead. Everybody's like, yeah, we killed Godzilla. Woohoo. And then Russia's like, oh, everyone's distracted. Let's launch a nuke. See, I thought it was like this guy was a, this the ship was attacked by Godzilla. And so he launched it to save themselves. Maybe. maybe I'm misreading. No, no, I no, I was just making a joke. I think your reading is probably more in line with what the movie's intended goal is. Um, and then we hear from a friend of the podcast, Norad. <laughs> long time, long time friend. And then there's this weird nuclear bomb subplot. Right. And simul- instead of a Godzilla subplot. Right. It's like Godzilla is dead for twenty minutes of the movie, and I'm like, hey, I didn't come here for this. Like, I came here for Godzilla, and this is not what it said on the tin. This is like a weird nuclear arms issue. But simultaneously- I did not show up for for nuclear armament. Right. Right. I showed up for Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Show me a giant lizard. But the other wild thing is like there's two subplots going on here. One is this insane chopper rescue of the reporter and the sister and another guy. But if Godzilla is like dead- why do they need to be insanely rescued? Just go down the stairs calmly. Right. It's like, or just go to the roof and, and get picked up by the chopper there. Oh, no. You know what? The brother the brother is in the helicopter. The brother is not in the building yeah, with them. I thought the guy in the, heli- in the helicopter was the brother when we were talking earlier. Okay. Um, but no, they're, they're like, the reporter and the sister and this other guy have this piece of technology that they think they need to, uh, you know. Is get... that the bird device? Yeah. Oh, so that's why they haven't used it yet. Got right. It. But they're, like, treating this as if Godzilla is, you know, actively I – guess, I guess it happens really quick. Russia launches the nuke, and then they're trying to save them. And then the United States is like, oh, we'll just launch another nuclear missile at the Russian missile, and so it'll blow up in the atmosphere. And the movie says – like, a direct quote is like, oh, this is totally harmless. It is not. It, they made the problem way worse. Yeah, <laughs> like now, the, <laughs> uh, now like, a hundred million times more people are going to be affected. Right. Like, to borrow, to borrow a real nerdy D&D term, you change the area attack from a 20-foot cube into a 20-million-foot cube because now everyone is going to have horrible, horrible radiation diseases. <laughs> But they do that, so they're so the radiation in the atmosphere wakes up Godzilla, and he is you know starting to wake up and rampage again. So now we have the people. No, with he the, gets struck by lightning. No, that's from the nuclear thing. I think. That's like, really, oh, I like you are correct. Like a, you are correct, and that was the that is exactly what it looks like. But I believe you're supposed to think that that is like nuclear power surging into his body. Oh, that was I him. Was that was like him a, dueling. Uh, he had a long uh, distance. I thought duel. it was a um. Jason Voorhees. No, no, that's Godzilla Juling. Gotcha. Because then he immediately starts firing laser beams. Um. Oh, meanwhile, so- meanwhile, sorry, the guy from the restaurant scene comes back, and as the reporter and the sister are trying to get out of this, he like throws a rope down, diehard style, or a, a fire hose, and he's like, "Hey, you down there, hold this!" And it's just this random dude that's walking by. Like, there's no one else left in the city. Apparently, it's just these three people. Yeah, and like, so I I just don't understand why the helicopter rescue sequence was there. Because they, like, blow up the window, and they pull one guy out. They, like, trade they trade the brother for the reporter. Right. And the machine. And I don't know why. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. 
No, wait, it's not her brother. It's her brother is the guy in the helicopter, the white shirt, I thought. And then he comes into the building, I thought. I thought oh, gets, yeah, yeah. He does come down in the harness. You're right, you're right, you're right. He, you're like, right. gets in the harness, comes yeah. in, gets out of the harness. They put the reporter in the harness with the machine and send him. And they're like, we'll be back for you. Bye. Right, right, right. So the restaurant guy helps them get down, and then he runs off later and is never seen again, or at least I didn't see him again. Did he die? I didn't want to see him again. I, I think so. he, I think he took an Uber out of the movie. He did. <laughs> he and the space louse, the sea louse. Yeah, yeah. Hey, wait, how you, it's an Uber pool. I got a, I got a sea louse up here in the front, but you got the whole back seat to yourself. Uh, where You both are headed to the airport, huh? <laughs> did you like Japan? B- business or pleasure? Me, I'm here on business. I Uber, I go travel, and I Uber where I am, and it's like the way I An see Uber the world. Travel agent. Yeah, basically, I just Uber wherever I go, and then I get to see places and make money. <laughs> and meanwhile, the sea loss is up front, like <laughs> <laughs> it's just dripping water. Yeah, it's it's he's. You got, got weather text liners. You're okay. I, I got extra towel too in the trunk if you need to dry off. Don't forget about the the mints and the little water bottles in the back, too. I still do that. (laughs) Everybody else has quit, but I still like to bring a touch of hospitality. Because I remember when Uber first started, that was a thing. Well, I remember being a thing with Lyft where it was like, hey, we have water and mints. So they start luring Godzilla to the volcano. And I I really have fallen off the wagon at this point. In terms of what? Because that term usually has a pretty different connotation. I just was like, I I I like Godzilla, but I can't care anymore. Like this movie has drained me. Yeah. It's also like two in the morning, and I was just like, uh, oh okay. god. It's only eighty four minutes long because the credits are pretty lengthy, and it's still like it, it and it and the crazy thing is like it moves at a furious pace for the first like fifty minutes, and then it just slows down. It's like the movie editor was juuling, and he's very high by the end of it, and so now he's like, "Oh, I'm good." Is it called juuling when you vape things that aren't tobacco juice, or is that exclusively tobacco juice? I don't know. I feel like people people is. definitely vape weed. I don't know if that's a thing that they do. I don't know if that's the verb. I like that word, juuling. But yeah, so they lead Godzilla to the volcano, and the score is like so sad. Like the, I, it's, they, the it's the Hulk score again. If you told me that the title of this piece was like "Requiem for a Lizard Monster," I would believe it. Like it feels so big Adagio. and sad. Yeah, yeah, it's so big and sad, and it's like well, he's just a big lizard. Like, <laughs> like, right? Like, am I missing something? He's just a big lizard. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know why this movie tried to treat him like an anti-hero when he wasn't fighting anything else. Right. I think Japan has a very different relationship with Godzilla. I remember seeing on Twitter pretty recently, uh, someone posted links to all these toys of the giant monsters from the Godzilla series. And the toy was Godzilla at a press conference podium apologizing. He was like bowing. And it was basically Godzilla apologizing for destroying Japan, which I thought was was kind of... And that was a toy? Well, you know, I'm using the word toy loosely here. I'm not sure it was intended for children to play with, but it's like a little figure you can buy. Huh. But I think Japan has a different relationship with Godzilla, which maybe like for Japan, they were really sad that he died. But for me, I'm just like, I mean, he just killed like a lot of people probably, right? Like this is, I saw him kill a bunch of people on a train. I mean, I'm bummed that he died. I like Godzilla. And this was just a weird movie. But also, they they're, so they're playing the sad music and Godzilla is like starting to fall into the volcano and they zoom in on his face and I'm like, it's the same puppet. Like the puppet doesn't look sad. This isn't helping. Like you showing me a tight close up of the puppet does not make the scene sadder. He's not crying. He's a giant rubber monster. They pump out a single tear. Yeah. Like if you were, if they had done that, I honestly would have respected it as a move. Be good. Yeah, yeah, and then it turns you into the are who you choose to be. <laughs> but then it turns into the end of Terminator Two, where he's like getting lowered into the lava and giving the thumbs up, basically. Yeah, Godzilla basically gives a thumbs up, and so he's like a weird movie. Yeah, so he he starts falling in. They blow the volcano. They're playing the sad music, and they trap Godzilla. And then it does this like really sad, forlorn scream that's just like. And it's it's just really like a dark ending for the movie. Yeah, I don't know what this movie wanted to be. 
I really don't. Well, you learn right here because this voiceover chimes in and starts talking very seriously about, like, Godzilla is nothing but an innocent creature, and the lessons we learn today are ones we should carry in our hearts for the future. Man's hubris and the folly of nuclear technology. I mean, I'm obviously making this up, but some of that is actual dialogue from this. It just feels like they obviously want you to feel that way. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It just... I- I like don't know how to feel about this movie. It feels a little unfinished. Yeah, I think that's the choppy editing. Like, I'm sure the other version of this movie is more narratively well constructed. Although I'm not curious enough to spend an additional 20 minutes of runtime to find out. But it just yeah. has to be right. Like, there's just almost no way that it isn't better. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the thing. So the other thing I was thinking about watching this, and uh, this movie is not that long. So, well, it is. About a normal length, but this episode's on the short side. Um, the other thing I was thinking about was the the thing that I I have always kind of felt that the big time special effects don't do a ton for me, and and the the stuff from this era I think resonates better. Is when it gets real, my brain has to do like a sort of protecting mechanism. I think, and uh, another podcast I like is often talking about these big disaster movies as. Like, oh, they come in and suddenly it's 75 9-11s. But, like, the real truth of it is, you know, making a Godzilla movie post 9-11, like, I know what it looks like when a building falls down in the middle of a big city. You know what I mean? And so when you do, like, when you do Superman or you do Godzilla or whatever, and you do, like, a hyper-realistic version of it, I feel like my brain has to go to a place of, like, well, this isn't real because it's shielding me from the fact that, like, it actually looks like what it looks like now. You know what I mean? No, I think that makes a lot of sense. Because, like, in in you know the Avengers, when they destroy a city, it looks like what it looks like what it looks like what I know to be fact. And sorry to get into Bummer Town here, obviously referencing you know nine eleven for silly nonsense is kind of a weird place to be. But you know, I saw what that looked like, and everybody you know of a certain age, most of the people listening to this podcast, I imagine, were like alive and conscious and saw that happen, and like know intrinsically what that looks like. And so when I watch like the Avengers do it in the course of fighting off some weird alien monster, I think my brain puts like a sheath over it where it's like, well, this is fake because it's like, you know, you don't want it to be real and it looks real and it's it's like a disconnect. Whereas here it's like we're making it look as real as we could at the time. And it's not like we didn't know what it looked like when a building fell down, but it doesn't have like the tragedy association that it does now. There's less impact. Yeah. And certainly, you know horrible things happened around the world all throughout history and people witnessed them and saw them. I'm just speaking with my own reference point here, obviously, but I was thinking about that watching Godzilla, like tear through Like this was like a much more enjoyable, like, Oh yeah, they destroyed the city to like, I can't find it as enjoyable now somehow. And I don't know if it's just that it's the CGI realism or if it's just that my brain thinks CGI and doesn't find that as charming or whatever it is. But I feel like it's somewhere in that nebulous place that I'm describing. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, what are your, uh, final Godzilla thoughts? This is a weird movie, man. <laughs> I don't know if it's bad. It's not bad. It's just weird. It and, is like, very it's weird. It's hard to recommend. Yeah. I think if you're like a real big fan of giant monster movies, you've probably seen this already just because it would have had to be more accessible than most of the other Godzilla stuff. Probably. For I f- sure. I feel like Godzilla, giant monster movies and martial arts movies, kung fu movies are like a weird kind of dead spot for me mostly in that I enjoy that they exist, but the most I want to interact with them is like when I go to a bar with a certain aesthetic and there's like one of those types of movies playing on silent on a TV in the background. And I can like, while I'm talking to someone and having a nice conversation, like occasionally look over and see a guy in a rubber monster suit knock over a building yeah okay that's fair where it's like i think that's all the interaction i want or need from this these two genres of like i'm just not big into and i'm sure we'll just from a logistical standpoint like at some point on the show we're gonna do a white guy karate movie because that was like a huge subgenre in the 80s that we've just never touched but part of the reason we've never touched is i think both of us don't like it and i think i don't know yeah so i don't know how about you i don't want to speak for you obviously but i think i just don't like monster like kaiju movies i think i just don't care for them very much I thought you liked Pacific Rim. I no, God no! I hated that movie. I hated that movie so much. I went for to some s- reason. I thought you liked that movie. No, I 
I had uh, two people, two friends who were like gung ho to see it, and they're like, "Come on, you love movies." I was like, "I got a bad feeling about this. Like, this just looks like it stinks to me." I and and I like twenty minutes into that movie, I'm looking over at uh, my buddy Chris, and he like <laughs> looked down and was just like, <sighs> like, like he had hoped it was good, and it just wasn't. And it was just like we just sat there. I know a lot of people online really like that movie, but I do not care for it at all. That's, is that Del Toro or is that? Yeah, it was, and that was like the biggest bummer of all. It's like, like one of my favorite directors. He says he loves these movies. Like, if anyone's gonna convince me that this is worth my time, it's gonna be this movie. And I was like, nope, I hate it. I think I really like the new um, King uh, Kong Skull Island. I really, really like that movie. I think it's excellent. I've seen it twice. I need. To, I still had. I still need to see that. Is, does that have giant spiders? there's definitely a giant octopus i can't remember if there's a giant spider i would say probably well i can get down with a giant octopus i can't get down with a giant spider yeah i had recommended it to mom and dad and they were just like rattling off a bunch of movies that they had watched recently and watched like 20 minutes of and turned off including that one and i was like no i love that movie yeah they're watching a lot of movies that these days well they were only watching like 20 minutes of this series that they rattled off one of which was kong skull island that she was like ah, i couldn't get into it and uh same thing with the animated spider-man i was like no i get that one but it's a bummer I yeah, think that movie's they, great. they told me they didn't like that one and i was like well that is not that is i don't think you're the demo right but yeah i i, I like kong skull island but other than that i'm struggling to think i guess technically jurassic park but i i hesitate to put real animals i know that technically apes are real and there are giant apes but i think king kong is a horse of a different color i think everyone out there can can let me have that yeah if it's not a real monster i don't think i dig it for whatever reason that i I can agree with that because i definitely love like i love jurassic park i love jaws yeah i guess jaws is a creature feature i don't know i it's something about the particular aesthetic of of when I say giant monster movie and I'm talking about like a big old monster that destroys a city. Speaking of giant monsters, I'm probably going to watch the Meg today because I am so curious how bad it is. Get ready to be disappointed. No, I know it's bad. Here, I have a fun game for you to play. Okay. Count all of the Jaws references because I didn't and I was annoyed that I didn't because they are so many. Okay, cool. I did watch The Shallows, which is... Not a giant monster movie, but a monster movie. Yeah. A survival movie. I love a shark movie. And I love, like, I love an animals where they're not supposed to be movie. There's that one coming out directed by, I think it's called Crawl. It's directed by uh, Alexander. Oh, the, the alligators in the hurricane? Yes. Yes. And there's one from a few years ago that I've never watched, but I've had on my, like, bad movie night with friends list that's about a lion. This woman gets, like, trapped in her house and someone puts a lion in there. And like bolts the house up, so she's like stuck in a house with a lion that can't get out. Um, I think that's just roar. Yeah, but this is like a like a more ridiculous roar. If you can, what is that, that. called? Because I want to look that up. Oh man, uh, it's got a real stupid title, like the last penalty or something like that. It's it's not. It doesn't make any sense. The last Coliseum, the last Christian, burning bright. That's a weird title, but okay. A young woman and her autistic little brother are trapped in a house with a ravenous tiger, not a lion, during a hurricane. Wait, that sounds familiar. Uh, Garrett Dillahunt is the bad guy. He was the, uh, he's on Raising Hope. This is sounding familiar. I feel like I've seen this trailer before. You have seen the trailer because I sent it to you with probably 5,000 exclamation points. That that sounds right. So yeah, I love him. Short version is I love an, I love a an animal, wild animal movie. I love uh, animals where they're not supposed to be movie, but I don't think I like a giant monster movie. I think that's just not my Huckleberry. That's hey, that's not for everybody. No, I just I think that's I finally you know put a put a fine a point on it. Any other Godzilla related thoughts? Uh, no, I'm excited. I mean, I'm, I'm, I I liked the 2014. I thought it was an, a watchable movie. I'll see what happens next in this series. This one has uh, Millie Bobby Brown, right? It does. Is she going to, like, show us the monster has feelings? Like, is she going to be the little kid in the Iron Giant? There's a there's a shot in the trailer where she's, like, looking off screen and smiling to herself that I think might just be that. Or, like, she learns to tame the Godzilla. 
So we'll see, I guess. I, if it's good, I'll watch it. I, I, I keep trying with the giant monster movies. I just haven't gotten Godzilla there. And then Godzilla has to, like, uh, they shoot a nuke, a nuke, and Godzilla has to, like, learn to fly to go up into space to get the nuke. And Godzilla becomes Mothra? Oh, okay. It's like he goes into a cocoon and bursts out of it? <laughs> Do you... Okay, this is wildly, wildly, wildly off-tangent. But did you know that caterpillars, like, turn to goop in there? Yeah, I was just thinking that. <laughs> I just learned this like fairly recently, which I feel like is probably a missed opportunity to have taught this to me as a child. Maybe they did and I forgot it, but it was like, I was watching a video and it was explaining what happens and they like go in there and then they become goop and then it reforms like a new thing. And I was like, man, that's really wild. (laughs) Like that's, and like, if you describe that to somebody having never seen it before, they would be like, no way you're, uh, that's an alien monster. You've described it's literally an alien monster. Yeah, they turn into goo, and, like, they know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, they're, like, fully aware and excited for it. I'm glad we had the same thought as soon as you brought up Mothra. I was like, <laughs> in my head, I was like, Godzilla goes into a cocoon and, and becomes turns into goop. goo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this has been the Science Minute on Dissecting the 80s. A, a, a rarely occurring segment where one of us actually knows a fact about something. Don't say we didn't teach you nothing. Uh, thank you all so much for listening to the show. I hope that uh, you enjoy your monsters uh, of any size that you like. And uh, perhaps go see this Godzilla movie. That is the reason we did this movie. Um, don't forget, you can get in touch with us on Facebook, uh, on Twitter. It's at Dissect the 80s. Uh, email us at dissecting the 80s at gmail.com and uh, call 856-DISSECT if you want to get in touch. Uh more importantly, a uh, big shout out to our recent Patreon subscriber who uh, joined at the $5 a month level, which got them a whole bunch of bonus episodes. Uh, big thanks are due to Shelly. Thank you so much for supporting the show, Shelly. We really appreciate it. I made a little bit of a tongue twister there by mistake. Um, we will be back in two weeks to celebrate Pride with... Can't stop the music. The the village people semi biographical musical, I believe. I don't know that it's sem- I don't know that it's any way factual. I think it's just the idea, the very idea of a village people. I think it's like across the universe how it's like a person's story set to. It's just framed as an autobiography. I see. I see. Well, we're tying into that Elton John biopic with the maybe sort of kind of biopic of the village people. Uh, I Double have, your pride. Yes, exactly. I like that. Double your pride uh, with Godzilla and and the village people. Uh, I guess Godzilla could be an icon in, in, in the gay community. I bet there's a, a gay angle on a Godzilla somewhere out he there could. that I've I mean, never heard I before. I mean, some people, like, some people who are furries like lizard people. So, like, Wait, lizard people? That. Like, like a, instead of furry, you're like lizard. Ah, I see. Okay. Well, we will be back on June 16th. I have been Trip Leno. I will always be Andrew Leno. Until June 16th. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. Ow.